0: Oh,
1: I love that. Don't turn to the right or the left. Ponder the path of your feet. See, what he's saying here is that Oftentimes, getting twisted begins with a soft choice to the right or the left. Most people, when they stumble, they don't just fall off the deep end. They start making soft choices. This choice and this choice. And before you know it, they're all the way over here. They haven't pondered the path of their feet.
0: People don't usually intend to get lost in the woods, but as is often the case, they do decide to step off from the trail for some reason. That step led to another and another until they're lost. Well, the same kind of thing can happen in your walk with Jesus. You make one soft choice or follow one distraction and then another and another until you're far from the Lord. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that the answer is to keep your feet on God's path. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 2 Peter chapter 3 as he continues his message, The Truth for life. Jesus
1: you could love the Lord, you could be born again, and you could walk through this life with no peace, right? There's a million things that rob us of our peace. All sorts of issues, all sorts of things that are happening that if we're not careful, Even though we peace with God and we have the peace of God, we are not peaceful at all. We are walking through life. We're kind of like, you know, the duck. You guys ever see the ducks? The ducks look so graceful on the water, right? But then you see their little feet and they're like this. Am I the only one who feels like a duck inside sometimes? Well, I mean, I know I'm not all graceful. I'm all herky-jerky and stuff. But like, I'm just moving through. I was like, oh, you look so calm. And inside, I'm like, am I the only person like that? That's right. So we say, peace out. That's right. See, God wants not just this idea of peace, not the idea of shalom, but he wants it to be worked out, integrated into our lives. But how many of us found ourselves not being a peacemaker, escalating a situation? Something goes on with someone, you don't like the way they respond to you, and before you know it, you're like, you know, pulling out daggers, you're like numchucking them in your heart, you know? But God wants us to be peacemakers in the world because Jesus has made peace with us through the cross. Are you walking out this peace everywhere you go? See, the beauty of the finished work of Jesus is that what God wants to do in each one of our lives is make, because we're at peace, now we become a vehicle for his peace to enter into the world. And I think too many of us put the peacemaking part of the being of child of God, and you kind of stick it in your back pocket because it's not expedient. It's not something that you're like, oh, yeah, I want to be. And I think we've become so comfortable being agitators that we miss the essential function of who we are. See, I love what he's saying here. He's saying, be diligent to be found in him in peace which means there's a keeping that we have to do. There's a work that you and I have to do in responding to the Lord to keep us in the right spot. Of course, it says, this peace, it means without spot and being blameless. This peace isn't like some sort of like inner tranquility that we find. This peace comes from what it means to be forgiven. I love that picture of without spot and blameless. How many of you are messy eaters? Almost all the guys are like, yeah. I figure if a meal is good, I want to keep some of it for later, you know? And so I'm one of those guys, I'm just a messy eater. It's like, I used to try and do like the man bibs, like where you just put like, you know, stuff a bunch of like paper towels. But what I realized is even I put a paper towel on, I still get like, you know, food everywhere, you know? And the idea is that as you go through your life, things catch on to you. Mistakes that we make. Other people's make, that. you ever have, you have a conversation with someone, you walk away and something kind of latched on you, you kind of feel a little bit like yellow, stung by that. We walk through life and we live in a messy world. And so all of a sudden we find ourselves being spotted up or it's like, I love my son, he's 12 and all of his dude friends, a lot of them are similar where it's like they eat, but they use their shirt as their napkin. You know, it's like there's, there's like 19 napkins, but they're like wiping their stuff on their face. And I'm like, where does he get that from? And I catch me doing it. I'm like, oh, man, you know. It's like, but then, you know, when you go to do the laundry, you got to spot shot that thing. You got to bleach it. I mean, you got to do all. And in a lot of ways, we get spotted from life. But in Christ, all the impurities get washed away. All the things that we would be able to receive blame for all the stuff we get wrong or without spot and blameless in Christ not because naturally we're unspotted or naturally we're blameless. This is the gift of salvation that comes in Christ. That's where this peace comes from. And I love this verse 15, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. I love that line. It's what we talked about already, that God is patient in his sending of Jesus to finish, consummate the complete work. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish. That's right here as a church listen. We are unrighteous ashamed and unabashed every day that we wake up when jesus isn't back we know that we're going to serve our community we're going to serve our world in the name of jesus we're going to use whatever means necessary to get the gospel out whether we use social media whether we use the television whether we use the radio whether we go out and we invite people whether we put billboards up we're going to do all that stuff why because the god's patience is our salvation when the fullness of the Gentiles, when the last person who's supposed to enter into God's kingdom comes, then Jesus is going to come back. And so instead of staring at, you know, and some people do this, they stare at the newspapers and they're trying to figure out like the end times. Every day I wake up and if Jesus isn't back yet, I'm like, I got work to do. Every day I wake up. I mean, I'm not knocking being aware of the world, but you know, I always think of the disciples in Acts chapter one when Jesus ascended into heaven. They were staring up at the sky. And the angel's like, hey, men of Galilee, why are you looking up? Jesus is gonna come back the same way. Go and do your job. You know, and we wanna be careful because it's so easy. I'm not knocking, the studying the Bible. We study so that we can be mobilized. But for some of us, we're so busy staring at the newspaper, we're not rolling up our sleeves and serving the world in its places of pain in the name of Jesus. In a lot of areas of the body of Christ, we become immobilized rather than mobilized, knowing that God's patience is... Salvation. So the first thing, truth for life, is that you and I need to peace out. All right. So we're going to peace out. Pick it up in the middle of verse fifteen. It says, "As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, of which some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist." to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I first read these verses as a very young believer, I got really excited when I read it because in it what it says is Peter now references the apostle Paul. Now, you realize that Peter and Paul had a long history. We find that in Galatians chapter 2, Paul actually rebuked Peter because Peter was being hypocritical with the church in Galatia. But now he brings, Peter brings Paul up. He says, what I'm talking about, Paul also talked about, according to the wisdom given to him, and he's written to you, and in all of his letters, he writes these things. But notice what it says here, which really got me encouraged. In which some things hard to understand. How many of you have ever read Paul's letters and be like, man, I don't know if I understand this stuff. Just five of us, praise God. You know, but I'm with you five. I remember when I started reading Paul, I'm like, this is some deep stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I have no clue what he's talking about. And other times I'm like, does he mean this? Does he mean this? Does this thing mean this? You know, you have all these questions. And so I read this verse, I'm like, oh, good. The spirit of God is telling us that Paul is not easy to understand. Praise God. You know, I felt like courage. I'm like, I'm not the only one. But we still, you know, we love studying Paul's letters here. But what's the principle? Because he brings up the fact that not only is he teaching this, but Paul is teaching this. But remember, what Peter is talking to this church about We call it the series Truth and Lies for a reason because just as today they're in the early church, the apostles would go around and they'd preach the gospel and then there'd be these false teachers who would come on in. And these false teachers would come on in and they would seek to subvert the gospel. They would say, no, no, no. Peter and Paul don't have it right. This is how it works. And notice what it says. Which untaught, is middle of verse 16, and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of scriptures. Okay, you guys ready for the next principle? The next one is this. Don't get twisted. Do the twisted. (laughs) Come on, baby. Let's do the twisted. Sorry. Anyway, those of you know 50s rock, there you go. So the idea of getting twisted, isn't it fun? The reason I wanted to camp on this is because you know what happens for many of us? Life gets us twisted. See, in context, what he's saying is that People who had the word of God solid, it was straight down line. Now all of a sudden these false teachers come on in and all of a sudden they get all people all twisted up. And I believe this is happening. There's some of you right now who are hearing these words. This is happening to you where you came to know Jesus and you were on fire. You were so excited. You couldn't wait to read the Bible. But then all of a sudden you get hip to some teaching. And before you know it, you're hypercritical of everybody. Oh, you're not real Christians. Can't believe you worship on that day. Well, I can't believe you worship with that style. And God is only really glorified if we speak to him like we're Shakespeare. You know? And what goes on is that all of a sudden, the pure, simple teaching of God's goodness and grace in Jesus gets twisted up in some pet side doctrine. And it happens all the time. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because all of a sudden, you used to love Jesus, but now all of a sudden, you're hypercritical of everybody. You're like, oh, well, you didn't know what I know because I heard this guy who's a Greek scholar, you know. Now, and don't get me wrong, the New Testament was written in Greek, and so. Being, but listen, people all the time use the scholars to undermine the Bible all the time. We have to be fact checkers in this day and age. Just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's really true, even if it's on the internet, you know. <laughs> But what happens is, is that it's so easy to get twisted theologically. But not only is it easy within the church to get twisted, where all of a sudden you were once so joyful and so excited about the things of God, but now all of a sudden you're hearing this stuff, and now all of a sudden you're on edge. And Instead of having a heart of neighborliness and brotherly kindness, now all of a sudden you're really nervous about everybody. Oh, well, we have to check his, make sure he's on so-and-so's website as the approved reading list. You know? And that happens all the time. But another type of twisted that happens to you and I is we just get twisted by life. And I, I believe I'm like every person. You know, it's like I love Jesus and I, I feel honored that I get to, to be a pastor here at Crossroads and to walk with you all through life. But every single day, it's like all these things go on. You know, you got health issues and money issues and you got relationship problems and you know, extended family stuff, and this thing goes on, and before you know it, and you don't like who got elected, or you really like who got elected, but they're not living up to what they said they were going to, or whatever the thing is, and before you know it, you're all twisted up. You know what I'm talking about? And what happens is when you get all twisted, then all of a sudden, you're not walking in peace anymore, are you? Because you're all twisted up. Maybe it happens with a relationship or, or maybe it's the pursuit of a promotion or, or and things that aren't necessarily bad, but we allow Jesus to be displaced from the centerpiece of our lives. And before you know it, you're all bound up. You guys know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one who has this experience? So really what we have here is don't allow life to get you twisted. When I look back over my 41 years of life, I know it's shocking. I am 41. I had someone to be like, I heard you're over 40. How's that possible? I'm like, well, every day I get a older, you know? Like, Until if you have all that hair, I'm like, that's why I have dreads. I'm going to drive it like I stole it while I got it. <laughs> At some point, it's going to be gone. I'll have a nice little haircut like everyone else. I'm like the only guy in my family who has any hair post 30. It's so cool, you know? <laughs> I don't know how I got on that. Anyway, (laughs) what I was saying was, it's so important for us to make sure that we keep ourselves right where we need to be. Because I look over my life and I've gotten twisted so many times. It's like a a rabbit trail, a sidetrack. This thing all of a sudden grabs my interest and I'm like all like this. And all of a sudden the peace, like I'm not walking with the Lord solidly. All of a sudden, I'm dispassionate about the things of God. I'm not running to God's word. This happens oftentimes with people, two people fall in love. There's nothing more beautiful and naive than young love. You know, when someone's like, they're getting married, like, we're going to get married. And Jesus is going to be the center of our marriage. And we're going to study the Bible like crazy together. You know what I mean? And we're going to be, you know, and it's going to be wonderful. And everyone who's been married for a little while is like, mm-hmm. You don't want to like harsh their mellow, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, come on, you know, it's like, you want to be like, oh yeah, praise God. But whenever that happens, I get a little convicted because when you're first in love with someone, I mean, you're going to stop at no expense for them to know that you love them. you got to write them letters. you got to text them. you got to make them flowers. you got to write poems. You can't write a poem to save your life but you're like, I love you like the day is long, you know, and the car is white and. You're so sweet. Will you be my wife? You know, you have all these things that you're doing. And every time they get up, you stand on up like it's like, you know, 1968, you know, or whatever. And they open the door and you open the door for them. And then you get married. And after like two weeks, you're like, oh, you got arms. You can open the door. (laughs) You know, it's like, do you love me? You know, I love you. Come on, we're married. But it shows how we get twisted when that changes, right? Because our love should grow every single day. It shouldn't get diminished. Our desire to be a blessing shouldn't diminish over time. But what happens is, is that if we're not careful, the things that brought us together, we don't allow to keep us together. And the same thing, that's what Jesus talked to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter two, where he says, you're doing all these great things, but you've left the most important thing. You've left your first love. They had all the right motions, but they lacked the right emotion because they allowed all the work of church to get them twisted from just simple love and devotion. And this happens to all of us every day, doesn't it? If you're not careful, you and I can get things all bound up. This reminds me of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your feet from evil. Oh, I love that. Don't turn to the right or the left. Ponder the path of your feet. See, what he's saying here is that oftentimes getting twisted begins with a soft choice to the right or the left. Most people, when they stumble, they don't just fall off the deep end. They start making soft choices. This choice and this choice. And before you know it, they're all the way over here. They haven't pondered the path of their feet. So brothers and sisters, are you twisted today? Have you allowed life or some false teaching to pull you away from the simplicity that's in Christ. One of the ways false teachers get a foothold in people is because people don't know the word or check the word. I've always heard it said this way, and I've said this to you guys many times, I repeat a lot of things a lot of times because I hope at some point it'll land. One of the greatest ways false teachers function is they take a text and they take it out of context. I've always said it. you take a text out of its context, what do you have left? A con, you guys know it, right? Context. Take text out, what's left? Con. That's right. So the context of any teaching is its immediate context, what it said in the flow of whatever it shows up in, and then the fuller context of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, right? It's People have used the Bible to prove and disprove everything since people knew what was in the Bible. But if you put it in context, it's immediate context, and in the greater biblical context, then all of a sudden false teaching can't run because the Bible has a self-checking mechanism, which is other scripture. So we need to check the scriptures. I think another way that false teachers can run through the church, of course, is people don't interpret the Bible correctly. Now, I'm going to teach you how to interpret the Bible correctly. I've heard it said this way. You need to say, what does the Bible mean and what is its meaning? Let me explain the difference to you. What it means is what did the original author want the original hearer to understand? So like Peter is writing this to a group of people. Now in context, we've been saying there's false teachers coming in. He wants to help them discern the truth from the lies. So you need to know the original intention of the original author. What were they trying to express? And that takes some Bible work. It takes some cultural work and historical work. There's all these things that you bring into it. What was the original intention of the original author? And then what does it mean for me today? So I think one of the ways false teaching creeps in is because people never think about what the original author wanted the original hero to understand. They just think, what does it mean for me? And they say, well, I want it to mean this. But you see how I get this don't get twisted? Because what happened is, is when people allowed these false teachers to come in, they twisted the gospel and the rest of the scriptures and ended up leading to destruction. Does it make sense? So we want to make sure that we don't get twisted in life. So we've gotten peace out. Don't get twisted. All right. I got one more for you. As we close this message out, verse 17, it says this. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfast, being led away with the error of the wicked but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So my last truth about life is this. You and I, we need to grow up. Go ahead, do it. Grow up. I'm doing the spirit finger. Just grow up. You got it? Now, what I love about this is Peter says to them, Since you know all this before, and since I have hipped you to what is going on, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness. Now notice that. He said before, make sure that you are, be diligent. Now he's saying, make sure you do not fall from your own diligence, your own steadfastness, your own perseverance being led away by the error of the wicked. He's saying, look, you need to be on guard, He's like, because every single day, there's all these things that could go on. And if you do not keep yourself rooted, keep yourself grounded, if you do not hold yourself where you're supposed to be, and you give up on your steadfastness, you're going to be led away. In some ways, we're like those fish that swim against the current of the stream. As I always say, the salmon have to swim against the current, but that is where the magic happens. Wait for it, wait for it. You know, it's like you have to swim against the current to get what you want to get. Anyway, it'll come to you later be like, oh, I can't what he was talking about. That was good. Anyway, but what is God interested in? Notice what it says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this is interesting because the Bible says that if you were in Christ, you have grace. And if you are in Christ, and you have the mind of Christ, and you have the full knowledge of Christ, but now it says, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. What does this mean? Let me explain it to you. The Bible teaches that when someone says yes to Jesus for the very first time, right? And I pray that there'll be many of you here today, many of you who are part of our online campus and Facebook Live, who will say yes to Jesus for the very first time today. When that happens, it's called that you are justified. That God now forgives you completely. You were guilty, You were full of blame, you were full of spots, now he makes you blameless, spotless, you're not guilty. That's called justification, right? Right at the moment that you or I get justified, then a new process begins that's called sanctification. Now, sanctification, what it means, it's us learning how to experience what it means to be justified. It's like when you get married, the two shall become one flesh, right? But really, I've never met someone who fit perfectly together on the day that they get married. Right, But you are one flesh But every single day you grow in the experience Of what it means to be one You used to be two, now you're one In the same way, when you get saved The deepest, most profound relationship you have with Jesus Is not really on the first day It happens over time So every single day you are growing in your experience Of what it means to be in the grace of God An experience of what it means to know God And that grows every day. And so what God is interested in is in your life and in my life that every single moment of every single day is a moment for us to grow in grace, to grow in the knowledge of Jesus.
0: Jesus is real. Thanks for staying with us as Pastor Daniel shared that when you begin a relationship with God through Jesus, You're given grace and knowledge, secure in Him. But those qualities are like a planted seed. They can continue to grow and impact your life in different ways. That's what God wants, for you to move toward Him, deepening your relationship and experiencing His grace and freedom in new areas of your life.
1: Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at Jesus'sRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this.
0: Well, that's it for this series called Truth and Lies which has been all about looking at the lies that we believe about God, faith, and ourselves. Over and over again, you were reminded that God has given you what you need to follow him. He loves you and is with you every step of the way. Pastor Daniel shared that a key part of clinging to the truth is to quiet the noise of the world and listen for God's still, small voice. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.